Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, Suzanne Knabernikol here from Police Science Doctor. I hope that you had a good Christmas or holiday period, whatever you were celebrating or whether you were not celebrating. I hope that you had a good time and spent it the way you wanted to and that you will find today interesting. So these police science snippets, as you can see, this is number 108, which means that these have been going on for 108 weeks. <clears throat> Every Tuesday I come online and I tell you about three police science related, criminologically related, evidence-based policing related, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, anything law enforcement, military intelligence related, science bitty stuff that has come out that I think may be useful to you. I go through a lot of journals and see what might be practical and implementable because a lot of research is very abstract or very, very specific and niche and um, much of it is not going to be relevant to police practitioners and law enforcement um, practitioners and professionals such as yourselves or students. So I do the scouring for you and present these to you on a Tuesday. Also, if you are a subscriber to the free Police Science Doctor email list, you will get these into your inbox every Tuesday. You get the snippet and the link to the original research. Whether you can access the full article is down to the publisher and whether you've got a subscription to them or not. Unfortunately, I can't influence that, but at least you'll have the abstract, which is a summary of the research and what it found. So the snippets for this week's are, the first one is about detection of concealment, whether somebody is concealing. Research found that both law enforcement officers and laypersons are equally poor at judging whether someone was concealing or not. It was concluded that current officer training on the use of nonverbal behaviors to determine who is concealing a dangerous object may be ineffective, and a reconsideration of training is warranted. So the training about the use of nonverbal behaviors to decide whether somebody might or might not be concealing a dangerous item is not very effective. So we need to find something else. That was the first snippet for this week. Snippet number two is about police peer versus superior judgment. So when you are a police officer and you're considering how to, whether to do something and how to do it, what your peers might think about this might be more influential than what your supervisors might think. I think this research was sparked, well, sparked triggered in part in response to some high-profile um, high police misconduct where other police officers perhaps um, should have intervened, didn't intervene, um, but somebody was either being just or not unjust towards citizens. Of course, if they were being just, we don't hear about it. We only hear about the really bad things. So um, this is relevant in that context. It was found that officers' judgment on their colleagues' willingness to listen to and respect their views matters more to them than their supervisor's judgment when it comes to choosing between just and unjust interactions with the public. So you might you might um, make your decisions more according to how your colleagues will see you than how your supervisor will see you, which means that this is an interesting piece of information that we can use for, uh, again, for training and for instilling more procedural justice in our inner police officers. And the third and last snippet for today is about the proximity to alcohol sellers. Women living closer to an alcohol selling shop are at greater risk of experiencing intimate partner violence than those living further away from one. 
This is obviously if their um, if their partner's violent offending against them is related to alcohol abuse or not, or alcohol use. Not all of it is. Um, and also it was found that younger victims were more likely to report this violence than older victims were. Okay, so this is something to keep in mind when you're speaking to victims who are um, perhaps older. I, I don't think this, this was relate, re, relating to very old people, um, but, you know, anyone who's not perhaps classed as a very young person, like, you know, in their 20s. So this is perhaps relevant to people who are, might be involved in determining where to rehome people, where to house people, where to put them, obviously, in a social services kind of context, and where the council provides housing. If you are, if there's a, um, a female of, at risk of intimate partner violence, maybe make sure that she doesn't live close to um, a corner shop that sells alcohol or an off-license, something like that. So these were the snippets for today. As often as 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 often as always, I hope that you found these useful and that you will get some use from it from them. If if you do, please let me know. If you come across any research yourself that you think might be relevant to um, to be shared with other colleagues around the world, send me the article or send me the link to the article and hopefully, um, if suitable, they will be included in here and I'll credit you for having provided me with that because it is very difficult for me to find three bits of snippets that I think are actually practical, uh, such as the field of research, unfortunately. So I hope that you get some use of this and I wish you a fantastic week and a happy new year. Thank you very much, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.